Hey, this is Mark Schombeck. We appreciate everybody joining us for another episode of Kestra Out Loud. I am super excited to have a conversation with these two gentlemen, uh, two great financial advisors who do so much in their communities. We're going to spend a little time uh, chatting about what you do, why it's important, and uh, the impact that you're making. So first off, on my left, uh, Udi Gross. A co-founder and a financial advisor with Aquist Partners Financial Planning down in Florida. And on my right, my friend Tom Schmosik, Mid-Atlantic Retirement Planning Specialist founder and up in the great state of Delaware. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, uh, Yudi, why don't you start us off? Give us a quick overview of you and your firm and then... Uh, I would love to. Absolutely, Mark. So as you mentioned, my name is Judy Gross. We're based down in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, my partner and I founded Aquist Partners in 2019, right at the, the beginning of uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, and we actually were in one of the large wirehouses and we had been with the same firm for a couple of years. And before that, we had met in the training program of a different wirehouse. Okay. Uh, and as not such young trainees, we were outliers. It was second careers for both of us. My first career was actually in politics and, and public advocacy. Uh, on the federal level, uh, on years working for campaigns, off years working for non-for-profits, uh, working on their legislative agendas and trying to push uh, those forward. Uh, so we launched our firm, we partnered up with Kestra. Uh, we've not looked back, it's been a fantastic year and a half and we're looking forward to doing even more with our good friends at Kestra. And get, give give a plug to Michael, your partner. My partner, who, Michael Wallstrom. actually out. Yes, yeah, so you actually want him, he's the better looking of the two. Uh, he had his first career actually in um, TV production out in LA, he's a UCLA grad. So, uh, he he couldn't make it because he's actually in Guatemala with Rotary. He's serving yeah. as governor for our region uh, this year. So he's down there helping refurbish and uh, rebuild aspects of a school uh, in the village in Guatemala. That's fantastic. Awesome. All right, Tom, your turn. Well, I'm, I've been in the industry for 35 years. Uh, began with a, a defunct firm called Mutual Benefit. Um, been with Kester for five. Wow, uh, just, about, it, just about five years that's uh, coming up. Um, you know, and I and I look at a lot of the things that we do from from a giving standpoint, and it's a uh, big philosophy of mine is: look, I, I've been blessed to do very well in this business over a long period of time, and I'm at the point in my life where this should be about giving back, and that's what would drive so much of you know what we do, uh, both my my wife and I, and and me personally from from my practice. Yeah. Fantastic. So why don't we, why don't we start with you? And you know, the, the the thirty second other update is you run a multidiscipline practice, right? You're kind of an expert in the retirement plan space, and are also doing wealth management. Talk to us a little bit about what uh, your your main causes are. Who? What are you supporting? What are you there's, doing in the community? There's three things in the community I, I do. I'm also Rotarian, which you know, service above self. You know, is the the motto of, of being a good Rotarian and, and you know, we get involved in so many things. You know, one of the things we get involved with is something called Basket Brigade. Every Thanksgiving we feed 250 families and you know, all the things that go on with that. Um, the, the second thing is I'm uh, on the board of trustees of the Delaware Art Museum, which is the oldest art museum in, in Delaware. It's really the flagship of, of, of you know, the museum community. And it's such a hub of, and such an inc incredible part of the fabric of a community, you know, when you get into the museum community. And then my passion is 
I, I sit on the uh, advisory board at the University of Delaware, which is my alma mater, um, in the financial planning and wealth management major. And it's just amazing to be, really feel like you're on the, 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 the cusp of helping people who are just about ready to enter this industry. And you know they graduate with a, a degree and we've got all the course requirements done for the CFP and they're chomping at the bit, you know, and we're graduating, you know, 40, 45 kids a year, and they're all getting placed in the financial services business. So it's the mentoring aspect of that. Um, Steph and I have uh, endowed a uh, uh, scholarship. scholarship. Yep. Um, it's our second one at the university. The first one was in athletics. Um, but, you know, this one is, is more the passion of, of helping the industry and helping the industry grow in the future. Yeah, so we, we're seeing more and more universities create CFP programs, which is fantastic because our industry has been void of really good, high-quality training for a while. Talk, talk to us a little bit or share a little bit about how you have leveraged that. I know through your involvement, you've really networked with the people running that program, and you've actually had some of the students as interns and in employees. Like, what's that experience been like? And over over the years, even before it was in, well, even before we had the major, you know, we were very active in the internship. And you know, you get kids out of finance or marketing or whatever. This is so much more target focused. These kids they really want to get into the financial planning business. Um, we've hired. Uh, you know, kids that are out of that program. We currently have an intern, he's a paid intern during his senior year at the university, and he's going to uh, join us full time when he graduates in May. Um, it's also the, the the think tank, you know, piece of it because the other guys that sit on the 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 advisory board are from all kinds of different firms. Uh, there's a couple of other independent advisors, but there's guys from the wirehouses and and a couple of the mutual fund companies yeah. and, and the like. And it's it's a it's a great you know blend from that perspective as well. Yeah. And you know, and you hit on you know something I'm really really passionate about because there is this great drain of talent. You know, there's there's so many advisors. There's more advisors that are over the age of 70 than under the age mm -hmm. of 30. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. You know, and you look at where's financial advice going to come from, and the training programs, like the the training program I went through at, at Mutual Benefit, that's that stuff doesn't exist anymore. Right. Right. The even the wires have radically cut back with what they're doing in their training programs. That's right. So creating the 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 academic end of this, and having kids, you know. None of these kids ask me what the difference is between an ETF and a mutual fund, right? They've got all that basic blocking and tackling, you know, what they don't have is the experience. And it's, it's a great way to, to really build out. By the way, there's over 100 uh, colleges and universities, now, according to the, the CFP Board of Standards, that are offering, you know, the, the, the course requirements. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love that you are... Um, making a difference not only in the community but to our industry, right? Like we, right? A lot of people do a lot of great things in the community, but to have it so closely tied to what we all do is, is fantastic. So, all right, you, your turn. You guys, <laughs> as I know, do a ton and are involved in a lot of different things. Share, share with us kind of what's top priority for you and, and where you're spending your time when you're not 
being an advisor? Sure, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it begins really with the, me and my partner, Michael, we had met in one of the original or one of the first things that connected us as people in one of those training programs uh, was that we wanted to find a, a way to enhance and enrich our own personal lives. We both were deeply aligned with community involvement. Uh, at that time, you know, if you've been through a training program, you, you're probably familiar with the salaries. It's not great, but we wanted to make a capacity gift to things we cared about. So based on our income at the time, we were looking at you know, how we can make an impact on local communities. And it's interesting to talk about these training programs. And one of the, one of the marketing strategies they tell young advisors or advisors in those training programs uh, to really engage in is be involved in, 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 phil- in philanthropic endeavors, right? They call it social marketing in a lot of these books, right? And they tell you, yeah, get on the board, go to the chamber, go to the rotary, go here, go there, and you'll network and meet people. Uh, we can talk about that later in the podcast if that's actually effective or not, but we started initially to look for things that we were really passionate about. Because one thing that was clear to us even then, and we actually saw it realized down the road as we got more involved in these organizations, is that when someone's there to network, the donors in the room know it, they feel it, they sense it, and they kind of drift away from you. But when you're there because it's actually a deeply shared value that you have is a shared value with the people in the room, you not only get to meet great people, but you get to do great things together for the community and, and sometimes that converts and translates in the business. It has for us in many, uh, many ways. But we got together as a partnership uh, in the Wirehouse because we have these shared values. I like to call them philanthropic principles. That we really place those as a cornerstone of where we were in our lives at the time, both single, unmarried, we were trying to build books of business, but we had a lot of time on our hands. And we wanted to find a way to become, we both were new to Boca. I was born and raised there, but been in New York for 20 years and had just come back. My partner was coming from California. So we really wanted to find a way to get involved. Uh, so my partner, as we mentioned, is very involved in the Rotary. That's become a real passion of his. And he moved up the leadership track there uh, very quickly. My path to the, the charity that I feel most passionate about is a little more uh, convoluted. I actually worked at uh, one point in my career for an organization called the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, or APAC for short. Uh, in fact, a lot of my APAC donors were very influential in helping me decide to enter the wealth management industry when I left APAC at the time I was running the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, you know, I always thought it was always good to go to wealthy, successful people to get advice because, number one, they've, they've succeeded somewhere along the line. <laughs> they've done something they've right. They've done something right. You know, they've got the private jet and I didn't. Uh, but also, it was kind of like, all right, well, if you told me to do something it didn't work out the way you said it might, I could always come back to you and say, well, listen, you, know, you said you'd <laughs> listen, look what happened. You know, I'll clean the mess up. Uh, uh, but they all kind of said, get into wealth management. And um, I moved down to Boca, back to my hometown. The CEO of the local Jewish Federation was actually the former director for APAC in Florida. Okay. So I sat down with him and I said, listen, I really gotta meet someone, I need a job. I got like you know, a couple grand in the bank, I gotta find something to do, and I wanna work in wealth management, you know, you know anybody I can meet in the community. And he threw out a name or two, and like, you know, as any good fundraiser does, he immediately said, but you really should join at $1,000 a year, and you'll be tons of people for these network events and the young leadership and this and that. And I was like, $1,000? At that point, like literally 10% of my, my savings doesn't bridge me until I got a job. I was like, okay, listen, if you say it's worthwhile, I'll do it. And it took me a little uh, time to evolve in that space and really find my own voice. But that was the beginning of uh, uh, what became a very a passionate journey of mine with the Jewish Federation in South Palm Beach County, which is Boca. Uh, I've served on multiple leadership positions, I'm on the board of directors. Uh, I now chair their uh, professional alliance committee, which is uh, state plan professionals that work with the foundation to help 
uh, our clients who are feeling philanthropic or have philanthropic goals that might be aligned with that foundation to move their endowments or to create endowments with our foundation. Uh, my leadership has converted to also national leadership uh, with the Jewish Federations of North America. I serve on their executive committee three years in a row on the Young Leadership Cabinet, which is a group of individuals around the country who have to be younger than 40 when they start their term. It's a five-year term uh, at the leadership track, leadership curriculum, and we travel once a year overseas to volunteer. Uh, the last place we went to pre-COVID was um, Russia and Georgia. Wow. I spent time in Tbilisi and Gori and St. Petersburg and Moscow. When the schools and the food kitchens really see where our dollars go from the U.S. communities in support of the safety net services there. Uh, and just recently, uh, I know this might be edited out since it's still in the OBA system, I was uh, nominated to be the national chair of their Young Leadership Cabinet this wow. past week. Uh, so that's really what my passion has been, and it's, um, it's been an incredible thing to watch. You know, what makes me most passionate about that organization in particular, uh, both at the local and national level and the global level, is that you're really working for a cause that has such a breadth of capabilities and they're looking to find any need anyone has in the world, we're gonna find a solution for it, whether it be financial or otherwise. And what's interesting about collective giving, which is the model of the Federation world, is that I wouldn't know which 50 organizations to give my, my check to, or which one needs 1,000, which one needs 3,000. They actually allocate through a internal audit process and grant writing process to determine, okay, we have these 100 organizations we support, and they figure out which percentages of the overall budget, which is about 15 million a year now in Boca, needs to go to certain places, and they really take care of that piece for me, so I know my dollars are maximized, amplified, uh, in a way that I could never possibly do my own uh, with the resources I personally have. That's very cool. I think one of the things that you said that, you know, as you said it, it really hit me that I think is very true for both of you, and you didn't use the word, but what came to mind was authentic, right? Like you got to come to the causes you're looking for in an authentic way, not in a way of like, what am I getting out of this, right? Like I, knowing both of you, it is in your core to contribute in meaningful ways. Yeah, somebody told me a long time ago, like when you join a philanthropic organization or you're volunteering, if you're doing that specifically because of what you're gonna get out of it from a business standpoint, it's gonna be a complete failure because people smell that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you passionately believe in what's going on, whether it, in our case, Rotary or, or the Art Museum or at the university, the the amazing thing to me is this attraction because people then recognize that you're authentic right and it's not that you were quote unquote looking for business but it comes to you right well and a great segue i think to another question i had for you hearing you say that tom it's like it's right like-minded you use the word values right when you share common values with people that is a powerful force to bring people together. So Tom, quickly, yeah. you know, all of the giving back that you've done in the community, the, the causes you're for, why has that been so important to you personally, professionally? Well, you know, I, I came to this business with literally nothing. The, the power to my apartment was turned off the second month I was in the business. Steph married me anyway. I don't know. <laughs> and, well, had great vision. She had great vision. Um, and you know, and I've watched this build and build and build over the course of time. And and nothing is more valuable uh, than the compounding of of our time and 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 what happens with you know your your AUM and your your you know 
what you're making in this business. And, you know, I'm, I'm over 60. I'm uh, at the point where, look, I, I've got to give back. I've been so blessed by, you know, the circumstances. And, and look, I've earned, you know, where I've gotten to. You know, I wasn't a second generation advisor. I wasn't, you know, I, I, I built this in organically. And I want, I want to give, especially with what goes, goes on at the university, I want to show kids what a path that looks like. And, and I don't want them to have to struggle the same way that I did at the beginning of this business. Right. You know, I think this is, the, 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 because there's so many firms that need so much help going forward, that if they're smart and they get, you know, into the right situations, that you want, you know, it's gonna be a lot easier for them. Right. You know, the one thing that I'm always railing against is, you know, these kids that they graduate and then they go into, um, you know, career agency, you know, with a with a life insurance production number of blah blah blah, and how many you know, family and friends can you convert? Yeah, and and, <laughs> and 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 you see, you know, eighty percent failure rate, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, let's let's talk about this, you know, in a bigger sense. You don't need to go through that. You don't need to do that. There's there's far better places to go. There's great firms that you can join that they're going to take you on as, you know, we have what we refer to this as, as a residency program. Yeah. You're gonna get paid, you're gonna see everything over the course of time, and, and you're gonna be ready either through us, hopefully, or if, you know, if you wanna go someplace else, you know, to take this and, and grow. Yeah, yeah, I, um, Tom and I were catching up before we kicked this thing off, Yudi, and we were talking about the, the caliber and quality of Kestra advisors, right? Mm -hmm. And hearing the two of you go back and forth about the importance of values and the importance of being authentic, I, I, I don't think that it's any surprise, right, that we have a bunch of like-minded advisors like the two of you running around this place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's interesting to let, you know, when we were interviewing the different potential partners, not to name them on the podcast, but we right. all know who they are, and we were really looking at every option, complete RIA, hybrid, corporate, and we actually went to a bunch of home offices and went through the whole process. I'll never forget where we were when we had our, it was all during COVID, so we had the Kestra right. online office visit, and the first thing Mike and I said to each other after was like, this team gets it. Like, they're good people, they have good corporate structure, they have good corporate values. This is a place that will not only help our business grow, but we can grow as people for the long term. It was, it was immediately sensed, it was amazing. That's awesome. That's you know, awesome. let me piggyback on that, Kabi, is I was, I have a pile of satellite offices. So about seven years ago, I was tasked with the, the job of, of looking at the industry for where all of our eventual homes would be. And, and frankly, we interviewed over 30 firms, you know, whether they were wires or, um, you know, you, you, it, it's easy to you know, fill in a blank and the whole gamut. Right. Some of those interviews were really short. It's like, <laughs> you guys, no, this isn't gonna work. And you know, you meet people like Mark, you, you, you meet James, you meet people that, that really care about what they're bringing to us and helping us with. Exactly. And you know, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. You know, the story that we were talking about right before we went on, you know, that gentleman was, would be a, 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 a cultural disaster. And you would know it, yeah, right? Absolutely. They would show up and you would know it. All right, so last last question. You guys have been fantastic with your time. We appreciate you being here. Um, 
you know, th things that for you from a business perspective, the partnership with Kestra, how, how has the relationship here helped you further what you've been doing in the community? That's a great question because, you know, coming from the wirehouses, they didn't help us with anything ever. So, you know, it was a real shock when we started you know, getting, you know, emails or a phone call saying, hey, do you see this, this opportunity for a grant that you know, is coming out through FSI or there's these cash rewards. You know, last year's Ascend, uh, the virtual Ascend was our first opportunity. And, some, and we all get tons of emails, so some of them don't always get read. And sure enough, you know, our Kestra team called us and said, hey, did you guys notice we have this Ascend Community Service Award. You should maybe you know apply. You know, it sounds like you guys are very involved in the community. So I think Kestra, on on the first and foremost, is just showing us the opportunities and providing opportunities for us to not only get recognition for what we do, which none of us do it for that, right. but definitely helps the branding when it happens. But all those awards have some kind of grant or financial uh, gain for the charities we care about. So we were able to deliver a nice size check to our local community, uh, a Kestra check, which was great. But I think also part of what Kestra is enabled us to do uh, in our engagement in the community is provide us with a, a framework, not where we could be the best versions of ourselves and as advisors, but also empower us to be able to communicate that to the community in a, in a very impactful way, uh, which, you know, in the other environments we've been in the past, it might have been more claustrophobic. And the empowerment that you get from your Kestra team and them helping you figure out how to get things done through compliance and through the marketing and through all the activities you want to do with the OBA system, it's just become such a pleasure to try to figure it out. You know, we used to say, we'll tell you know, our clients, talk about our relationship with Kestra. The answer you got when we called what 100 number our previous employer was, no, absolutely not. Now it's, hmm, let me look into it and find out for you. And it's always, how do we make it work? Right. And I think when we're involved in any activity, uh, having a team that's helping you figure out how to make it work and be compliant so that we're all doing the right thing in the right way is really important. And you guys really have excelled at that, uh, for us at least. That's great to hear. Thank you for saying that. Well, you know, we haven't gotten any, you know, direct, you know, money or anything from, from Kester, but I think what we've gotten is the encouragement to continue to do what we do in the community. And I think it's, that's as important. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still attempting to get, you know, maybe some, some kids from the University of Delaware to get, you know, internships. Because again, I want, I want to provide, you know, avenues to, to see what the rest of this industry does look like. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's, it's the atmosphere of, of caring, it's the atmosphere of giving back, it's the atmosphere of introducing us to, to other like-minded advisors, and all of that is a real, real positive. So. Well, gentlemen, this has uh, been a great conversation. Very much appreciate it. Uh, we are so fortunate to be able to serve both of you and your businesses and are just excited to have you as a part of the family and here with us. So thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for thank doing you. what you do. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers.